0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams
1: and Judy Francis. Here's the numbers, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. That's toll free to the dream team to talk to Dr. Debbie, your dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Villani. Tammy Trujillo, working hard in the newsroom. Girlfriend, what do you got going on today?
2: Some of the most cool news for puppies and that dreaded P word, the P word being parvo. Oh, gosh, you hear that word, you just want to start crying because usually you know what it means. It's usually a death sentence. They can pull through,
3: but it takes a lot of effort and a lot of money.
2: And about two thousand dollars to mm-hmm. it, if you even get lucky enough to pull a dog through, it'll cost about two thousand to twenty-five hundred dollars. But now there is a company says they've got something that can treat parvo in two days, seventy-five bucks a dose, and we should wow. have it on the market next spring. This is wow. so exciting.
1: This is good, but I, I definitely don't want to discourage anyone That's from good. getting the, the vaccinations. vaccinations
2: yes. Oh no, 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 yes. yeah. absolutely not. No, this is just if you know parvo when it gets into a shelter, it just runs rampant, and you know you. Die a puppy you don't know sometimes yeah. this is a way to save that puppy and i'm so excited about this this is just t- so totally amazing
1: what else is going on
2: well they, they think they've come up with a, a real reason a lot of people have insomnia
1: i'm uh, guessing
2: uh, uh, <laughs> i'm guessing
1: it's the the old pets in the bed thing that that alan cable says yeah. you know the pets shouldn't be in the bed and we'll find out more in just a couple of minutes here but i don't if that, is, is that what it is did Fluffy
2: I, and Fido. Yep. yep.
1: Did I blow your news story there? I didn't mean to blow your news story there, uh, but that you know what—that's not really news. I mean,
4: that's not news.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh, Did you ever sleep with? I, I no, mean,
4: anyone a who's ever slept with a dog <laughs> knows that automatically. I, my dog. My wife will get up, the dog sits up, and she's a light sleeper, and I hear her say, oh, Miles, you want a drink? And she actually goes, goes and gets the dog's bowl of water, and brings it to the bed, and the dog, the dog drinks in bed. Now, go off a bit if uh, I need it, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's, that's not news. Wow. Does she get
2: you a drink of water too? I mean, of course
1: not. No,
4: I get nothing. Oh. I wake up.
1: I think we all suffer, at least most of us suffer from it, and maybe we don't suffer from it, but I would say nine yes, out of ten people that are listening right now allow their animals into bed with them. And they've been told before that it's, you know, that's the cardinal rule. You're not supposed to do that. But we do that here. Tammy, I'm sure you do that.
3: I'm sure there's like a million animals all around. Oh, yeah. Ladybug (laughs) sleeps in a crate. Oh, she does. Yeah, she does. Oh, yeah. No, I started her really? out right when I, oh, yeah, she sleeps in a crate every night. She doesn't mind? No, she, it's her little den. And we, you know, when it's bedtime, we get up on the bed and we play with her for a couple minutes. And then I open the crate and say it's time to go to bed. And it's on my nightstand so she can see me. It's equal with my bed. So I'm only just a couple inches from her. But I open the crate, she crawls in and I close the door and she stays in there all night. Well, you're, you're good.
1: Yeah, yeah. You are the 1%. <laughs> there
3: you go. I started her off young. I thought, uh uh-uh. uh. Well, whether
1: you let your pets in bed or you don't, this is your radio show, Animal Radio, and we're free one 1-866-405-8405 to answer your questions right now. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to this guy who's invented an app, and I believe Tammy talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, a facial recognition app, which you can, mm-hmm. if you have a picture of a pet that uh, perhaps you had as a child and you want one that looks like that now, you can uh, upload a picture of that pet, and it will... Tell you all the animals that are available in the country that look like that pet, and we're going to talk to the guy who invented this and in oh, that's a cool, yeah isn't it yeah also pets in the classroom
2: yay yeah yeah i'm really they can help about that. so much they can keep the kids calm they can encourage them to read they can introduce different kind of social topic this is such a cool topic brent lineman we will had- be
1: on to talk about that yes sorry joey go ahead
4: no we had pets in the classroom i mean, remember in third grade we had we had a, we had a guinea pig and gerbils oh, well yeah. no mm-hmm. we're
1: talking about dogs now primarily because we have oh, pets
4: of pets, are pets.
1: Well, we had we had fish and we had uh, I think we had hamsters. turtles and hamsters, yeah. and it would be somebody's responsibility to take them home over the weekend.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yes,
1: I would never. Yeah, I always it.
2: volunteered for that. Did you? Yeah.
1: And, oh and heck, yeah. Me too. Did your mom let you do
2: that? Absolutely. She
1: was There's always no way she
2: was going to get away with saying no to me on that.
1: Uh, did you do that, Joey? Did you ever take the pets home on the weekend? Yeah.
4: We took them home, but you know what? I never knew that guinea pigs actually squeal until we took them home when they're hungry. And my yeah. mother going, what the hell is that noise? And it was, there was oh, the yeah, guinea there pig squealing. You know,
1: my mother's fear was that we wouldn't be able to return it Monday morning for one reason or another. Also on the show today, our hero, our hero person of the week, Kitty Martin. She has a calf, a calf that lost both of its back, I believe, hoofs and legs, lower part of their legs. And she got prosthetics for this calf. Wow. Uh, To the tune of like $40,000, too. Wow. And she'll be our hero person coming up in just a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones and talk to you right now. Hi, Roberta. Hi. Where are you calling from today?
7: Uh, Gwena Park, California.
1: The beautiful L.A. area. What's going
7: on? I have a really sick cat. I took him to the vet about a week ago, Tuesday. And um, they uh, kept him in the hospital. They had him on IVs. Uh, They had to hydrate him and whatever else they had to do. They did blood work, and they said he has a um, a uh, liver problem
5: and
7: uh, mm, a okay. uh, bile something or other. And um, he doesn't eat. Um, I have to give him a pill, which if I can catch him, because he hides in the mm-hmm. corner, it's hard for me to get him. And, yeah, that's
8: um, a common cat owner problem is catching the cat for the pill.
7: Well, you know, he's, he's, he stays in that corner, and actually uh, when he comes out to go to the bathroom, I can get him, but he doesn't like it. And normally he'll hide because he's in my room. Mm. But uh, he's been taking, um, I I think I'll tell you the name of the product he's been taking. In fact, I can give it to him today because I can get a hold of him. It's called D-E-N-A-M-A-R-I-N.
8: Denimarin, yes, okay.
7: Okay, that's a pill. He has to take one today. And then he takes something like uh, mocticillin, I think, a liquid.
8: Okay, yes, yes.
7: Okay, well, that thing, unless somebody helps me, which they have a cat here that goes crazy, their own cat when they come in and touch him. But anyway, um, he hasn't had that medication today because they haven't got a hold, and he's listening.
8: Mm. <laughs>
9: he's okay. And all right. He,
7: and as far as eating goes, um, they gave him a um, science diet thing. It's called A&D.
8: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Okay. Well, from a whole week, he only went through one can, and the only way he could eat it is if I open his mouth and shove it in his mouth. Mm.
8: Okay. okay.
7: All and right. So the meat So he's
8: not eating much of anything at all. Is he vomiting?
7: No, uh, now he's not, but before he went to the doctor, he was.
8: Okay, and how's his general attitude, his, um, other than hiding? is he have energy or is he pretty listless? Uh,
7: he, he seems a little bit better than what he was.
8: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, he won't come out, yeah, he's right there in the corner, but he won't, okay. he won't come out, and, um, it kind of upsets me like crazy because I thought, I thought, oh my god, he's just waiting to die, you know,
8: and I,
10: yeah, I yeah.
8: can't, get and home. then, Go ahead. And R- Roberta, did the doctor say, is he having any kind of yellow discoloration yes, to his gums? Yeah, they found out he was jaundiced. Ah, okay. Yeah, so he's jaundiced. I guess his gums.
7: Okay. So that's what they told me. In fact, I took him in last Tuesday, which has been a week, and he went through a can of food in a week, and I took him back Friday for a follow up, mm-hmm. and I came, I have to go back this Friday for, I don't know what they're, they're supposed to do, more blood work on him.
8: Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and the challenge with cats with liver disease is because it isn't just one thing that causes the problem and the symptoms. When we get that yellow coloration, that's kind of the hallmark of a or a buildup of the bile pigments. Yeah, that's But the reality is that liver disease in cats can happen for a lot of reasons, and it's partly because the way that their whole digestive tract is tied together. Mm-hmm. Their liver, their small intestine, and their pancreas really are kind of all intimately associated. So, when we get disease in one of those organs, we can get all the other ones to be kind of screwed up as well. So we can get a pet or a cat with liver disease that can even have pancreatitis, which isn't even the same organ, um, or from small bowel disease. So so a lot of how we treat some of these things can be similar um, in many ways. But when we're dealing with liver disease, um, there's the decision on do we get a full diagnosis, are we going to go for that liver biopsy, and and find out specifically what we're up against Definitely and what our um, best... Yeah so that would be the the biotic, best treatment you know, so but
10: he's
7: been urinating really good so a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean well, not a lot but when he goes it's a
8: lot Yeah and so just for our listeners, so liver biopsies are very valuable to help us give that direction and what we need to do to treat. But it's not always practical for every family. So if we're faced with liver disease, a lot of what your vet is trying would be exactly what I would try. Um, you know, a long course of an antibiotic, unfortunately, is one of the mainstays of treating for liver disease. And amoxicillin is fabulous. Sometimes I'll add in some other ones along with that. Um, but that's a challenge is we got to get that in. And ideally with that one, we want to get it in twice a day for three weeks, sometimes several months. I can't so get them and, and,
7: and there's nobody <laughs> yeah. actually here to help me do, to do it.
8: Yeah. Now some other thoughts I generally have with cats with liver disease, um, to help encourage them to eat, you know, definitely A D, which is kind of a um kind of a canned food, we can make it liquefied. So you can actually give it by a syringe if he'll tolerate that. Um that's one thing you can try at home. Sometimes in the hospital setting we'll put a feeding tube in and that's one way to get that in more directly. Um but at home that's definitely if you can ask your vet for a syringe, you can get that in um just <laughs> gently. Yeah, yeah. No, and then there are some other things, um, to encourage appetite. It's yet another medicine to get in this fella, but, um, there are appetite stimulants that I'll often turn to when we have a cat that's not eating with liver disease. And one name just to kind of keep in mind is one called mirtazapine, And we can give it every few days. So it doesn't have to be given daily. Um, and that can help to stimulate the appetite is that of a kitty. Generally a tablet, and and most kitties were given a tiny little piece of it, so about a quarter of a tablet, and we give that every couple days. Um, So that might be something.
7: I'm sorry to interrupt. I had a packet of salmon here, and I thought maybe I could try him on that, but I didn't Mm -hmm. want to try it because he's on this other
11: food
8: yeah well, sometimes we would just want our patients to eat um and as long as it doesn't upset a stomach, um I usually pull out the stops i 'll pull out the stinkiest canned cat foods that we can, and a lot of times for my patients, I find that the fish flavored ones really are the most appealing they they make me you know cover my nose, but my cats oh, yeah. they really like that, so that would be definitely one thing um, well, The other seen. thing that i the other thing I'll often do with cats that aren't eating well with liver disease is we actually supplement B vitamins, and part of the reason with that is that that can actually B vitamins are actually involved with a lot of the cell processes in the body, and it can help to Im- improve their appetite as well. So that's something your vet can give. Um, it's well tolerated. You don't have to give it. It's given by an injection once a week, and and oh. that definitely can help for some kitties as well. Yeah.
7: Well, I don't know what I I I, I called. The program because I wanted another opinion, and you're almost confirming what he had said too in a way. Mm-hmm. But the problem I'm having now is that I can't get him to give him the medication, and I can't. And like I told you, when I when I do get him and I give him the medication, I kind of open his mouth and give him the food, which he doesn't mm-hmm. spit up. He he does eat it, but it's kind. It kind of really worries me. I've had him since he's been uh, two months old, and he's not. He's oh, only sure. two years old.
8: Absolutely. Well, if I can give you one more little tip. that If you're if he tolerates giving the food by a syringe method, a lot of times what I just do is take those medicines, take those pills, get a pill crusher, okay. and crush those up. Put that in the blenderized food, mm-hmm. and you can give it in the syringe. And it can be a little bit less stressful, and especially if he's taking the food. It, it may help to disguise the flavor of some of those tablets.
7: I don't have a problem when I get a hold of him and give him the pill because I put it in the back of his throat and he makes sure he doesn't spit it out. But do you think he'll well, ever ever survive this situation
8: you know, many cats do, but the hard thing is is that it is a daily battle. You have to get these medicines in, so rarely do these things get better on their own. And I think that's honestly why many cats, we may not always see the end of the treatment and they may not recover, but really finding a way that you can work with your cat in the least stressful way to get the medication in. So whether that means making his world a little smaller so that you can catch him and kind of find him, um, giving him ample hide spaces, and then just pairing those medicines in a in a, in a a happy way that you can give that with a food, or give that with some kind of catnip or a treat, so that you can kind of try to make him happy to see you, and not regret that he's coming out and he's going to get stuff shoved down his throat. Oh yeah, that's
7: the problem. He, uh, he's, he's in my room, and there's dressers he goes under, and the bed he goes under. Now he's in a special corner where he, I can't reach him. So. Well.
8: Yeah, and, and it's, it's a good fight, Roberta. You've got you've got a disease that you hopefully you know can do something for. So as long as he's not suffering, you know, I have to say that, you know, there definitely can be hope in these situations. Um, you know,
1: it's not easy. I know Judy has to give our our Studio Cat pills every day. Oh my god. But the cat's been getting pills for so long now that it it's no big deal is it, Judy?
3: No, it's I've been doing it since 2006. So how many oh years has that every been? Day. Every day. Every now day. he's up to 4 pills a day I give him. Oh really? my god. I've gotten to be a pro. I just sneak up, pop it. They don't even know what hit them.
1: (laughs) Roberta, we wish you the best of luck, and if you have any more questions, please feel free to call us back, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. You're
0: listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
12: Did you know it took 39 versions to get the American flag just right? That's proof that great things get even better when they're reinvented. Valvoline's been reinventing motor oil since 1866. And with our all-American roots, we thought it was time to celebrate our legacy by giving away a free American flag. Available at AutoZone when you buy five quarts of Valvoline motor oil and a Fram oil filter starting at $22.99. See store for restrictions and details. Flag offer expires September 30, 2014. Go to valvoline-usa.com for more info.
0: Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal. So I'm hanging out with my Gold Bond buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the Gold Bond powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. Shaq strikes again.
13: Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body. And new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the
14: odor-absorbing powders to do the same for your feet. Stay cool with Gold Bond. Get something started. That's the sound of a Kubota BX Series, America's top-selling subcompact tractor for over 11 years running. And it's easy to see why. The BX is easy to own and easy to drive, with more for your money, like a rugged Kubota diesel engine, standard power steering, and four-wheel drive. But that's just the beginning of all the big potential this subcompact tractor brings to your property. Got lots of loading, hauling, and digging to do? Add Kubota's quick attach front-end loader or backhoe. How about acres of grass to mow? Add a Kubota mid-mount mower deck. The versatile BX is part landscaping crew, part property manager, and all Kubota. Now is an excellent time to make it yours with low-rate, long-term financing available now. Kubota BX Series, America's top-selling subcompact tractor of the decade. Built for the best things in life.
15: Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer.
4: Hey, this is Big Ant from Rescue Inc. Remember, staying new to your animal and abusers are losers. Now back to Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
16: Everybody loves Deb.
8: You know who does love me? Lo- I will tell you.
0: Who
1: loves you?
8: I have a uh, red-eared slider here. Well, maybe she doesn't quite love me. <laughs> I'm making her feel better, though. A red-eared a 30- slider. Yes. Do you know what that is?
1: I think it Isn't oh. that number two on the Sonic Burger? The red-eared slider? <laughs>
8: <laughs> no. no, that's White Castle. <laughs> the red-eared slider is a turtle. It's a water turtle, um, common in the, the southern U.S., and you'll actually find them in a lot of ponds. They're kind of like little pest species. People release them in the wild now. Um, but this gal is 35 years old, and she came to me because she's not eating good because she's got a belly full of eggs. Oh.
1: So she's going to give birth, huh?
8: Not really, no. <laughs> she has eggs, though. So she's not mated. Um, She's not been around boys for probably a good 30 years. Um She is just every year, when it comes to springtime, she... Oh, they're just the regular eggs. old
1: eggs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. just
8: like birds uh, lay eggs that don't have to have a... a Remember
1: what last year you had had to explain that whole birds and bees
16: thing to me. And I,
8: yeah, we're you. still working on it. I mean, yeah. Alan, you got it under control. You understand the whole egg thing.
16: I, you know, the male? birds, the bees, the flowers, the trees, the booze, the broads. Yeah, I, I know what you're <laughs> I sent you a story, didn't I, Deb? What did I send you? I didn't say one. Yeah, I sent you some cute story or something about turtles been married 110 years.
8: I didn't see it. Did you text it or what?
16: I think I emailed it.
8: Hmm. Let me check my spam folder.
16: <laughs>
8: Maybe it's in the blocked email section. Let me check. <laughs> That's where
16: I go when I talk to a woman in public. right to her spam folder.
8: <laughs> sorry, you didn't even you didn't even rate at that, Ellen. I I'm sorry. <laughs>
13: Hi. Hi, who's
17: this? Jan. How are you doing, Jan? Hanging in there, babe. Hanging in there. Hanging
1: in there. Where are you calling from?
17: South Lake Tahoe. Listening on KOWL, huh? You bet your booties. Hi, Jan. Hello. Nice to hear your voices.
1: You too. Thank you. So how are you doing today? What's on your mind?
17: Well, Miss Pie Lafitte, she's a little, she's about a year old, lopso-opso.
1: Uh-huh.
17: And she got her name because I'm a nutty gal. <laughs> yeah, you
1: You sound like a nutty gal and that's how we prefer them.
17: Yes. If I couldn't laugh, honey, you might as well dig me a hole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that's that's how you get through life.
17: And I have, oh, half a dozen or a dozen, more like a dozen, uh, half whiskey barrels full of soil. And I put plants in them in the spring, but Miss Pie goes out in the snow and jumps into the whiskey barrels, comes in all mud.
3: Oh, no. And she's
17: eating some of the dirt. And I never had a dog eat dirt before, but... I've never had a dog like her before either.
8: <laughs> okay. Well, you know, the interesting thing, we classify uh dogs eating unusual things as the term pica. And dirt eating falls within that category. And in in general, if this isn't a behavior that this little guy has done since he's been a youngin and it's been a bad habit, when this develops as an adult dog or especially as an older dog, I take that sign very seriously. It's not always, doesn't point our finger directly to a single diagnosis, but there are some common problems I've seen this with. And some of those include blood related problems such as anemias, um, liver problems, uh, iron deficiency problems. But we can also run into the realm of intestinal issues, inflammatory bowel disease, um, even cancer. I'm going to really encourage you to get a pretty thorough workup um, with your veterinarian, starting with blood work. That would be the point A that I would always, always do in a pet that's doing it, even if it's a young dog, because we can see some of these problems that manifest as kind of almost an innate um, understanding that they need to eat dirt. And we believe in some cases, if there's an iron problem, or they're anemic, that somehow the animal instinctively knows, I need to find this mineral somewhere. Uh, Now, maybe we're giving dogs more credit than, you know, they have the sense of reasoning, but, you know, it is a sign that we do really believe that they're looking for something and not finding it in their regular diet. That also being said, a lot of times I'll do a hypoallergenic diet because allergic diet disease can also present with some of these weird signs of eating unusual things. So that would be where I would definitely start things off. And I would definitely encourage you not to follow any kind of remedies off the Internet. The first and foremost thing I'm going to encourage is to see your veterinarian. My, my best wishes go out to you and your, your little babies and hope all turns up well. Give us a call and let us know how things turn out.
1: Hold on a second, Jan, okay? Okay,
17: Cookie. one 405
1: 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team.
9: Here's a surprising summertime fact from Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. We all know that irritants like bug bites and poison ivy can make you itch. But what you might not know is how. Actually, it's the histamines your body creates in reaction to these irritants that make you miserable. But now that scratch has met its match. Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. Its maximum strength itch medicine blocks your itch-causing histamines fast for long-lasting relief. Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. The relief you've been itching for. Use as directed
18: geico presents fan mail to a pig
9: dear maxwell i just want to say thank you for making my geico insurance id card digital it's easy to find on the app it doesn't give me paper
2: cuts and i always have it on hand because it's on my phone because of this i finally cleaned out my glove box which was filled with years of paper id cards any thought on what i should put in my glove box now sincerely trent patterson trent what can you put in the glove box here's
9: a
13: crazy thought how about gloves Digital insurance ID cards, just a tap away on the Geico app. Sam Adams Summer Ale season. <laughs> I love the summer ale.
19: <laughs> summer times here. I
13: like the citrus, crisp and refreshing.
19: It's light. It's not too hoppy. The grains of
13: paradise add a nice little spice to the beer. Smooth, refreshing.
19: It's summertime. It's time for
13: Sam
12: Adams Summer Ale. It's perfect. It'd be great for
18: cookouts, spending some time outdoors. This is the
19: experience for a Sam Adams summer. I could drink that all summer long. It's really a good beer. It really is. Definitely a good summer beer. Brewed especially for summer, Sam Adams Summer Ale. Must beer. Awesome, massive response,
13: I'm in Yosemite National Park to talk Gold Bond Rapid Relief Cream with the Miller family. So how many itchy bug bites and rashes do you have?
9: 33 bites. 34. And a case of poison ivy. It itches. Do not scratch.
13: Miller family, relief starts now. Gold Bond has twice the itch-fighting medicine of hydrocortisone cream. Ooh. Plus aloe and vitamin E. It's fast relief on contact.
9: Feels better already. Who's up for a hike? Look at the big kitty. I'm
13: out. Gold Bond Rapid Relief Cream. Relief starts now.
15: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every
2: order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You love your dog, but depending on the breed, your insurance company might not. In fact, your dog's breed might actually keep a company from providing you with homeowner's insurance. It's all about the money. Insurance companies pay out millions each year on dog bite claims, in fact, last year, bite claims accounted for one-third of all the homeowners' liability claims that were paid out. So now insurers actually come up with a list of dog breeds that they consider dangerous and could result in you being denied coverage. The list names specific breeds, but many companies extend the list to also include any mixes of the banned breeds. So here's the list. I bet you know who, unfortunately, is on top. It's our Pity Bulls. Then Staffordshire Terriers, Rottweilers, German Shepherds, Presa Canarios, Chows, Dobies, Akitas, Wolf Hybrids, Mastiffs Cane, Corsos, Great Danes, Alaska Malamutes, and Siberian Huskies. Now, each company draws up its own list. It's not based on any scientific data or anything. In fact, one report in the media can be enough for a company to decide that a dog breed is dangerous. Now, if you're looking for the perfect dog, yup, you guessed it. There is now an app for that, Bark Buddy, a free iPhone app that showcases dogs for adoption. It's connected to a shelter of 2,500 rescues and shelters throughout Canada and the U.S., and you just swipe your way through all the pictures of available dogs, and you stop when you see one you're interested in. The app then gives you the details on the dog and the organization that has him or her. Right now, BarkBuddy is only available for the iPhone, but there's an Android version. should be out pretty soon. Well, they are cute. They are prickly. In some places, they are illegal. Talking about hedgehogs, they are growing in popularity as pets. Some people say it all got started with the video game Sonic. You know, it's a little blue hedgehog who runs at supersonic speeds and then it protects himself by rolling himself into a little ball. Well, some breeders now say they have waiting lists 500 people long for hedgehogs. They're a lot easier to take care of than a cat or dog. They're hypoallergenic. But hedgehogs are illegal in six states and Washington, D.C., and the reason is because people the people in charge. They're worried that the hedgehogs could escape and upset the ecological balance. Hedgehogs do also carry salmonella, but breeders say you can limit the risk by washing your hands after handling them, but man, are they cute. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime on AnimalRadio.com. This has been an
15: Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed.
12: I'm Jimmy Van
18: Patten, and I'm here to talk to
12: you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Hi, I'm Junior, director of marketing for Fido Friendly, the and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. Oh. Did you know it took 39 versions to get the American flag just right? That's proof that great things get even better when they're reinvented. Valvoline's been reinventing motor oil since 1866. And with our all-American roots, we thought it was time to celebrate our legacy by giving away a free American flag. Available at AutoZone when you buy five quarts of Valvoline motor oil and a Fram oil filter starting at $22.99. See store for restrictions and details. Flag offer expires September thirtieth, two 2014. Go to valvoline-usa.com for more info.
1: Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a lady, Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty Barton. She has a calf whose two back legs were lost to frostbite. And she outfitted them with prosthetics at $20,000 a piece. Two two of them. $40,000 to put on
16: prosthetics on the back of this calf.
8: That's amazing.
16: That is love. I wouldn't do that for my wife.
8: Really? Really, Ellen? I'm, I'm going to call her messing. and tell her that.
16: I'm messing. Oh.
8: <laughs> you know, I'm going to get you in a world of dog duty right now.
16: <laughs> I'm in trouble for saying I love a good tenderloin.
1: Also in the news, this is really upsetting me. Ferrets may now be illegal in New York new york state mm. of course it is already illegal in california and these fairly benign animals are pretty much legal in most of the states in our country but new york is now trying to really do the same thing california has done and make them illegal and, but
2: here's what cracks so, me up yeah you go into any petco pet smart in yeah. california and what do you find ferret, ferret food stuff yes uh-huh yes. uh-huh
16: why are they uh, why are they out to get the ferrets i mean well why not the pigeons why not the pigeons we,
2: uh, we it's another them. one of those ecology exactly. things. They think if the ferrets get loose, they're going to set up the, or screw up the ecological balance because they don't belong here.
1: So, why are ferrets illegal in some states like New York?
8: Well, I think there's some fear that they're going to get loose and uh, kind of compete with other species or going to reproduce in the wild. Um, so, that, that's some of it. Some of it also sickness that they might bring to the other um, uh, wild ferrets that are out in the population.
16: Oh, yeah. What do they eat? What do
1: uh,
2: ferrets uh, eat? Uh
1: disc jockeys.
8: Yeah. <laughs> oh dear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no they're 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 basically vegetarian animals. Then
16: then how can they cause bugs, trouble if they're
2: bugs and oh, stuff? I, I I've never it's understood it. And you. ferrets
3: are neat. They are kind I of like cute her. little. You know, I was just yeah. doing some oh. research because I did think that you had that backwards, Hal, and actually they have been illegal in New York and now they're talking about yeah. lifting the ban. So that's that what I was going to say. I like, think you made a Yeah, you had it You backwards. made a boo-boo. Isn't that what I said? I made a no. Boo-boo. That's not yeah. what I said. No, that's not what you said. No. Cuz I got
1: no. this I have this dyslexic news service that I get in the morning. <laughs> I check with AP and UPI and uh CNN. I get and sometimes everything they have is completely backwards and I just so what I've been informed, yes, I was wrong. I was Yeah, r-
3: r- yeah come on, now. you can r- say it.
1: Wrong. Yes. <laughs> so it's been illegal and they're thinking right. of legalizing
3: they're it. They're thinking about lifting the ban. Yes.
1: Oh, cool! Tammy, well, can you get on awesome. this story? Find out more about that next week. Find out what yeah. what, what that's all about. I need to yeah, be let's informed. Look into it.
2: I got to tell you, I, I sure wish California would get off off their ferret ban. Well, this may I'd be the be beginning of it. Packing some ferrets <laughs>
16: uh, illegally However, uh, in New York, uh, a ferret cannot drink a big gulp. No, that's you can't. That's still illegal. That's still. They changed that law too. I knew that. You can actually get a 64-ounce streak now there. Oh, no, 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 no. The, it, was on, it was a stay of execution, and now the, it's back in effect. It is back in effect.
3: You, good? you know, oh, If one. you want the news, we're on top of it right here at Animal yes. Radio. <laughs> Up-to-date information. You get you your, your breaking
8: news, yeah.
16: But rats are fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's well, who, 10 of them
8: for every rat? person. I was going to say, who's got pet rats? But pet rats and wild rats, you know, there's not a fear of releasing those. But, yeah, they can breed rampant, right?
1: Yeah, we we just so saw they, they, a story about do? that where there was a lady who was hoarding three hundred rats, and she was breeding the yes! wild with the pets, which I guess makes some kind of uh. super rat
8: <music>
18: or something
14: like that.
8: Yeah, and you know, there's there's got to be concern for even things like respiratory problems when you have that many animals, and they're not housed maybe in the most appropriate way. So I'm pretty sure three hundred rats in her house don't sound like they're raised in the most appropriate ways. But that's that's a health danger to people. So that's uh, public health, man. Get that guy knocking on your door.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Come in. Oh, that was you. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's
8: not here. (laughs) (laughs) There's a
1: little teaching tongue reference there. Good for you. Good for you. you. Uh, Let's see. You know, we've been talking about a lot of different apps that have been available lately. And uh, Tammy Trujillo, anytime a new one comes out, she brings it up. She was talking a couple of weeks about this one, and I thought it was kind of cool. It's called Pet Match, and they're using this. Facial recognition technology, you know what that is, Judy?
3: Yes, it's when you take a picture of someone's face and then you, you you put it up at this app and it actually finds someone who looks just like that by just by the facial.
1: That is correct. And the
9: cops use it too, right? Yep. Yeah, FBI.
1: If you have an iPhone or you use iPhoto or a Mac, all your photos are arranged by facial recognition or can be arranged so that you have all the same people put together. It's kind of a pretty cool technology. And these guys are using it to find and adopt animals out, and I think that's pretty cool, so I wanted to get him on the phone here. Hey, Adi, how are you doing?
20: Good, thank
1: you. Where are we calling you today?
20: Um, We are in our office in Palo Alto.
1: Palo Alto, okay, so computer land is, I guess, what we call it. Exactly, exactly (laughs) that. And uh, this technology, before inventing it to be used for animals, it was a technology you were working on for other purposes. Is is that correct?
20: Yeah, it's a generic technology. We we are developing visuals. uh, The ability to find images with similar content or similar objects and so on. It can work on anything. And in the grand vision, we are going to release different applications that are doing different stuff, but we thought that the first one, uh, might be, might be very neat, very useful to do it on pets.
1: You're using it for animals now, so people, what, they upload pictures to your app, and then what happens?
20: And then we are searching in databases of shelters and places like that. There are millions uh, of pets available for, or waiting for adoption in the U.S. We are searching for the one which is, uh, uh as close as possible to you, and that looks like the one that you're envisioning and want to have.
3: So I can get my own grumpy cat?
20: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we see people are taking actually or oh, um, using images from Instagram. Uh, they see something nice, something that inspired them. They want to have something like that. Mm. And we can help them uh, to, to, to find it.
8: Okay, if I have some computer software that I can kind of create and kind of meld different animals and make a face of what I would envision, can you use that to find my imaginary dog (laughs) that might not be? You know,
20: we we saw that even people are taking images of stuffed animals of the kids, for example, (laughs) and we can find, you can find a a nice uh, dog that looks like a koala
1: Now, I understand that this uh, tech news site, The Verge, they uploaded a picture of Lady Gaga, and it produced a matching image of a hamster. Is that <laughs> is that correct?
20: <laughs> the technology sometimes goes to places that we don't understand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it's just real obvious. So uh, if
3: I want a dog that looks like Hal, I can just upload your picture, Hal. Y-
1: yeah, and you yeah. Might, and I could see or a I hamster. Get, or or who knows ham- what'll? Oh, will I, I got to
20: try this now.
1: A lizard might show up. Who knows? <laughs> uh, this is only available for Apple right now. Is that correct?
20: Right now, very soon we are going to release also a version for the Android. And we are improving the application all the time.
1: And do we pay for it? How much is it?
20: No, it's completely free. We are we are really trying to help here
1: doing good work yeah. you certainly are so the website where we can learn more about it what is so, that so
20: it's uh, superfish.com it's our main site superfish uh,
1: superfish.com yeah, superfish. Okay.
20: and and there is that PetMatch uh, Facebook page I will
1: put links to that over at animalradio.com Adi thanks so much for hanging with us thank today thank you
20: very
1: much I appreciate it that's kind of cool technology what do you think about that Alan
16: I think that uh, anytime you can get a dog that looks like you it's a wonderful thing
1: now, there is one thing, and I thought you were going to bring it up, but I guess I'll bring it up. When you're looking for an animal, the last thing you should do is look at their looks and what they look like.
3: Yeah. 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 No,
16: that is true. You know what? It, it, that's the truth. I mean, it, it's. I get tired. I get tired from talking to people because they're just so uh, focused on the look of the dog and not focused on what it is they want a dog for or what it is. Okay, we got to take a break, but stick around. Coming up next...
1: Alan will tell you what you really need to look for when you're picking out a dog.
15: Animal Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405
1: 8405 So what should do we for? be looking for, Alan? What, when we're looking well, for a new animal, besides the looks, Should there is it a way they're acting, a way they uh, interface with their you know, litters?
16: That's a great question, and the first thing to do is look within yourself and ask yourself, first of all, why do you want a dog? And second of all, when you answer that question, and the only good answer is because you say to yourself, I would be a good... It's just like having a kid. I would be a good dad, and I'd really be fulfilled doing that and giving an animal a happy life, a good life. And then once you do that, decide what kind of a dog you want. Do you want a dog that's a leader, or do you want a dog that's a follower? Do you want a dog that plays a lot and needs a lot of exercise, or do you want a dog that lays around a lot and is more sedentary? Do you want a big dog? Do you want a little dog? Do you want a smart dog? Do you care? And these are all the questions you have to ask yourself. There's a lot of questions because each dog is different. Definitely,
1: and you want to make sure that if you're an active person that you you have an active dog, and if you're not an active person that you don't get an active dog because that could be trouble right there. And, of course, these animals would end up back at the shelters if you got the wrong kind of animal. Also, I I know a lot of these shelters, this is pretty cool. If you want to adopt an animal, a lot of these shelters will let you take the animal home for a night and try it out and see how things will work. So when you go down there, ask them if they do that overnight program.
3: Well, first thing you should that do is, awesome. is, if you have an animal, if you have a dog and you want to get like another dog, you should take the dog with you
16: down to the shelter. Down to
3: the shelter and see how they get along first before. Can I can I tell you
16: guys a story? This this is really important. My sister in law, I told you about her dog. She almost lost her leg this week. Oh I mean, really? Literally, yeah. They they almost had For to what? amputate her leg. What? Because the dog or dog, your sister?
2: Yeah, I was my sister in law. My sister-in-law. dog. Oh no. There's,
16: and, and she has a French bulldog. They're not very big. But this dog lives in a building with another dog that just sets him off. He goes berserk when this dog's on the other side of the door. And my sister-in-law opened the door not knowing this other dog was there, and they went after each other, and she got in the way. And her dog took a chunk out of her leg. It looks like a moon crater. And she let it go because she was afraid that they would take the dog away from her. And after two weeks... Uh, It rotted, it it got bacteria in the wound, it decayed, and and finally she had to go to the emergency room because it started to smell, and they told her, you know, you might lose your leg. So, do not, if your dog shows that kind of aggression, dismiss it. It will only get worse. It will not get better until you deal with the problem. And the only way to deal with a problem like that is you gotta get a professional behaviorist in there to help you learn and to help you change your dog's behavior. Because that's very dangerous. In her
1: case, was the dog attacking her or was the dog, did she just get in the way?
16: Well that's it's called yeah it's called transference aggression it's kind of like you know when a dog is peaked when a dog, a dog is excited when a dog goes into that killer mode and you get between it and the thing that it's focused on the the aggression gets transferred to you i mean the the dog is just ready to rip apart anything in its way and And that's what could easily happen if your dog is aggressive towards other dogs or even a person, and you get in the way you could get severely injured and if you saw a picture of her leg it would it's just it's mm. awful it's awful it's scary
1: mm. I wish her well that's for sure. I know with cat bites they can be especially troublesome oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Either way, if you get a bite, make sure that you have somebody check it out. And don't dismiss it.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. I'm
5: Beth Stern on Animal Radio and adopt from your local shelter.
1: This is Animal Radio, baby. 1-866-405-8405. We have Debbie. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing?
5: I'm great. How are you?
1: Good. What's going on in your world?
5: Um, I think I need to talk to Dr. Debbie. I have an unusual situation. I have four Boston Terriers, and I have one of them who's at six years old. He has developed a weird thing when the leaves started to fall this year that he's never had before. And that's where he starts bubbling out of his nose, and he has trouble breathing, and then he might fall over on his side and sit up slim and then be okay, but Mm -hmm. it's seemingly... Uh, he's he's um, he, you can see that he's in dis- distress. Um, mm-hmm. We've been to the emergency clinic and uh, alternative, uh a uh, integrative doc, uh, veterinarian here and a regular veterinarian, and nobody seems to really have a real answer. Or uh, they just want to put him on prednisone or uh, timorol P and Benadryl, and then he seems okay, sort of. And then when we start to wean him off, he goes back to the same weird behavior, and we've had leaves, you know, for the six years that we have had him, and this is the first time I've ever seen this. Mm-hmm.
8: Okay. And so has he had problems breathing unrelated to the fall, um, you know, being a Boston terrier, Has he had problems with um, in, in any kind of uh, nasal surgery, soft palate, as far as mm-hmm. um, stenotic needs? Yeah. He nerves? had.
5: Before the age of 12 months, he had two soft palate surgeries from, at Ohio okay. State University. Uh-huh. Okay. And and the nasal one two.
8: Okay. All right. So he has. So in and that's the big thing. Now when he has the episodes when he's bubbling in that, um, does he just fall over kind of all of a sudden, have any kind of seizure like activity?
5: You know, I, it, it does not look like a seizure and they don't think mm-hmm. that it is. They think that he um he can't get air. And yeah. um because right afterwards he spits up white phlegm and then he's like fine. And he's not really okay. passing out, passing out, but he just falls over um, on his side,
15: and mm-hmm. okay.
5: when he does that, you know, it's... Uh, and I've even tried, like I've given the Heimlich and the, and the white phlegm will pop out and he'll feel fine. So okay. what they're saying is they think it's accumulating, the excessive mucus is accumulating, and he has... I was told he has an extra fat tongue, okay. and that he has, even since the, the surgery, he just has a tiny little opening um you know through its
8: throat I got gotcha. you. All right, and, and that's going to be the big thing. Is what what I think your your boy is doing is having vagal episodes, and yeah. this is actually something that happens a lot in the brachycephalic breeds, the short face breeds. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons is is that well, I'll back up. The vagus nerve is um, a nerve that goes from the head down to the abdomen, and there can be certain things in the body that disrupt that or overstimulate that nerve. For some mm-hmm. animals and people, it can be things like digestive problems. um It can the respiratory problems and I see this a lot in the brachycephalics that if they have a lot of the respiratory components to the upper airway disease they have the narrowed nostrils they have a narrow trachea long soft palate they can even get averted um, tracheal um, or laryn- laryngeal saccules and yeah. um, some other changes up there so some of those things they might not see but they might suspect um, you'd have to kind of go up with a scope to see some of those other things in the back of the throat um, but just being of that breed and having some of these airway changes, it's going to make it very likely that the vagus nerve can get overstimulated. And what happens with that? The heart rate drops and Mm -hmm. the heart doesn't pump as well and the blood pressure drops and and the pet will pass out. And you usually come right back up. Um, yeah. I've even seen dogs do this after they vomit. So where they'll vomit and then they just pass out and then they come right back up. Um, so the, the, the goal would be is to try to a- address what is the biggest problem. And that's going to be the respiratory disease. So that might mean going to have, you know, some of these other upper airway, um, things evaluated and to see if those need to be addressed. And, and then the other thing is, yeah, if we have, Allergies, something seasonal that makes our respiratory symptoms worse. Oh boy, you've got an extra whammy onto the whole thing there. Um, so then, um, we might talk about, you know, Things like, you know, steroids can be helpful for the short term, um, yeah. but you may even want to see um, a dermatologist for allergy testing. And molds, just like anything else seasonally, we can test for. We can hyposensit- uh, desensitize a pet with hyposensitization injections, and that might be one thing you can do. You can do, yeah. you can do that to mold? Absolutely, yeah. And well. every region in the country is a little different in some of those things, so you have to make sure that testing is done appropriate for your area.
5: I see. And then the uh, but the other little Boston Terrier that uh actually is his daughter, um, mm-hmm. that I have, she just started uh doing the uh bubbling too. And I, mm-hmm. I thought, Okay, now uh we know this is because they've been at the vet, we know there's nothing contagious going on here. But the same mm-hmm. thing, she'll go outside and she'll she'll play with a ball in the leaves and then she'll come back in and she's she's not as bad as him. But mm-hmm you know she's doing it now too and i'm 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 thinking what the heck yeah <laughs>
8: Yeah, so I would definitely make sure. If she hasn't had her, her nares, um, evaluated or corrected, that'd be definitely one of the first things. But, you know, even going further back and going up with a scope. Because, you know, some of these things, they're, they're progressive. So you can correct. And, and with the brachycephalic dogs, we want to jump on these things when they're young. Because with time, all these other components start to, um, involve. And once those, some of the more chronic things happen, you can't reverse them more easily. So we want to get in there beforehand, um, do the soft palate, do the stenotic nares if necessary because um, there's all these other problems that will come on and that just are so much more challenging to deal with.
5: Wow. Okay. All right. You don't know anybody that's in this area that's a specialist in this type of thing, do you?
8: Um, you know, if you're dealing with um, veterinary schools, you're going to find a lot of the people at the top of their fields right there. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as in dermatology, they're going to have dermatologists there as well. So I think you're going to yep. have two two different type of approaches. One is going to be address the allergies, and the second mm-hmm. is going to be address the upper airways. And that will be oh. through, um, you know, an internal medicine-type specialist.
5: Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Thanks for your call, Debbie, at one 405 8405 Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks at Litter Robot. You're saying, what? Litter Robot? I've never heard of Litter Robot. Well, this must be your first time listening to Animal Radio because we're always praising how great this is. It's an automatic litter. So first of all, you're going to have a lot more time for yourself because it takes care of the litter for you. Seven minutes after your cat goes in there, the Litter Robot automatically rotates. It's uh, kind of cool. It's, uh, you should check it out. If you haven't seen one of these, go to YouTube and see it in action. Well, it's
3: like a space helmet or it, an underwater, the diver's helmet that I, they used to exactly. wear. Exactly. And yeah. it,
1: it rotates and it has this patented litter sifting process. And because of this process... It can save you up to 50% in litter, which is a big savings right there.
3: And also, you don't have to use any special litter. Yep. You can continue to use the same clumping litter that you've been using. And for the waste bag, it can be any trash bag. You don't have to buy expensive cartridges trash Cartridges or cartridges. No, nothing. Or- nothing to buy except for your litter and trash bag.
1: So very cool. Litter-robot.com.
0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white dog trainer alan cable groomer joy villani communicator joy turner and here are your hosts al abrams and judy
1: francis wow last hour was quite a lot this hour i'm I'm promising even more. In fact, a money-back guarantee. Your hero of the week, hero person. This one's a real interesting one. This lady saved a calf with prosthetic legs, two back prosthetic legs, and I understand it cost her about $40,000 mm. to do so.
3: Yeah, she like loves it. that calf. Yes, she does. She wants to give it a chance.
1: Well, I think a lot of us would spend almost anything on our animals. Mm-hmm. I love a good
16: tenderloin. I really do.
2: <gasps> mm.
1: It's Alan Cable, ladies and gentlemen.
2: on you. Shame,
1: shame. Also uh, coming up, there may be a cure for Parvo. And Tammy will be reporting on that in just a few minutes. Uh, breed insurance. I know you're going to be talking about breed insurance. This is kind of really uh, weird. Is it homeowners it sure insurance is. that we're talking about?
2: Yeah, because your homeowners insurance covers anybody who might get bitten if they come on your property, like you know, a friend or the gardener or the electric guy or whatever. And so uh, companies now have lists, but here's what's so funny: the lists are not based on anything scientific, and just one report in the media can be enough for a company to say, "Ha, that's a dangerous dog." Yeah, in so Atlanta, fun. one company actually was naming Skipper Keys. If you've ever seen a Skipper Key, you so it's, these, it's little, little babies, these little little baby little black guys. They look yeah. like Pomeranians; they're yeah. about the size they of a Pomeranian. Do. So, They're about twelve inches tall, fifteen pounds, cute as a bug, and one company, Atlanta, said if you got a Skipper key, you're not getting insured by us.
1: Mm. Is this breed discrimination? Not really, because they do the same thing with auto insurance. You know, if you get into an mm-hmm.
3: accident,
16: they raise your premiums.
3: It's different prices for different kinds of cars, too.
16: Yeah. If
3: you have a sports car. But
16: using that logic, using this dangerous breed logic, what if you have a gun in your house? Is your insurance higher because you're packing? Yeah, like with your
1: car, it's the zip code, too. If something happens in the zip code where there's a lot of accidents in the zip code, they raise your insurance. Same thing with this breed insurance. Anyway, Tammy's going to be talking about that later on. Hey, Robert.
21: Hello.
1: How you doing, Robert?
21: Good. I'm doing good. How
1: are you? Good. Where are you calling from today?
21: Um, I'm in Lamar, California.
1: Hmm. Don't know where that is. Is that Northern California? Central,
21: Central. Right near Fresno.
1: Right near Fresno. Are you listening on Kino? Kino yes. Radio? Okay, good. Yes, I love their signal. 50,000 watts. I have Dr. Debbie right here for you.
8: Well, hi. Right. And I may not have a 100,000 watts, but hey. <laughs> yeah. <might> I, <laughs> anyway. My smile is just as sunny.
21: That's good. That's all you need.
8: <laughs> so what can I do for you? Uh,
21: I've got a four-year-old Rottweiler. And she's been losing hair for about the last four months. Um, We just moved into a new house. But uh, prior to that, she had a grass yard, and now we've got a pool and a lot of cement. So I'm wondering if maybe it's just something I didn't see before. I've looked it up online, and I guess a lot of people have some of the same complaints where they lose hair. It's kind of short and wiry. But Mm -hmm. she runs and leaves a trail. You know, if she scratches, she leaves a pile. If she lays somewhere, she gets up, and there's just tons of it. So we've tried to keep it down by hosing it off, but what that mm-hmm. did is this heat that we've got is it created wet ground, and now we've got millions of gnats.
8: So, <laughs> oh, <geez.
21: laughs> I'm wondering if there's a way, or if there's some, I thought it was our food, but we switched our food again, and it's not the food. Is that just the way they are? Is that normal?
8: Uh, well, mm-hmm. to some degree, yes, they, they do shed a lot. Now, I wanted to ask you real quick, do, Is she having any kind of unusual hair loss, any baldness or sores, anything like that?
21: No, it's all pretty even. Her coat stays pretty even. She has no no raw areas or anything like that other than um, maybe her heels where she lays down sometimes, you know, and that's just a little thin, but it's not. She has no bare space, no bare spots.
8: Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be very honest with you. This is something that is not likely to be fixed. <laughs> not in the sense of how are we going to stop shedding? Because shedding is a reality for every dog. Even those that right. don't shed much, those that are clipped, they still shed their hairs. Um, they right. just don't shed it in the same cycle. But dogs like Rottweilers and Labradors in particular are well known for the just excessive amounts of hair that they shed at any particular time. The tricks are um, don't spend your money on a lot of those silly old sprays that you put on the hair coat that are supposedly to stop shedding. The only way those products work are because you start brushing your dog. So the number one thing is really being very vigilant about brushing. Now, admittedly, I admit, I don't brush my dogs all that much. I use the, the tool you're using, which is the pool filter, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and when she gets I, most um, of the my- time
21: Rottweilers don't swim, mine mm-hmm. does. Our vet yeah. even said that Rottweilers usually sink. Ours is in the pool <laughs> all the time. She swims great, but she leaves a path, and our filters yeah. are completely filled of hair all the time.
8: Yeah. So, yeah, if you're not doing any brushing, we have to find a way to get that hair out. Now, I laugh because, you know, I'm somewhat lazy when it comes to my pets, you know, brush and upkeep. Um, but they do shed a lot of hair in the pool when they swim. So you can burn out your filters in your pool, or you can really get very vigilant about getting on a daily process of doing some brushing. And if she's got, some of the Rotties have kind of a thicker coat, so you may need more, something uh, a little bit more durable, something like a furminator to get down into that deeper part of the coat. Um but that's really going to be the best thing I can tell you um, as far as doing daily brushing for this kid. Um, sometimes even just doing, you said hosing her off, um, but doing a regular bath where you're shampooing her and you're rinsing her off, that's removing a lot of that bulk or that loose hair that's in that phase of hair loss where it's ready to come out so we just got to get that out in a regular pattern um if if we don't do that then yeah she's just gonna just hair's gonna fall off of her when you touch her it's just gonna come off in one big sheet um so you're gonna have a lot of that to deal with now that that being said there are definitely some things that you can try now a diet change um yeah i i like that idea um generally it's not something there's a quick fix for so I try to give that maybe four weeks to eight weeks to really see how that reflects on the pet's hair coat uh, because it does take that long until we get new hair growth in. Um, the other thing would be, you know, making sure she's, you know, in good sound health. Um, some pets, we look at things like thyroid disorders that can cause excessive hair loss. Usually we she's get... She's very healthy.
21: That's, that's not a problem at all. And she only eats the rice and lamb meal. I don't give her any corn. I mean, she's, yeah. she's very healthy, very agile, okay. but the problem is it's just the hair is, is just yeah. immense. It's just, I mean, and I've never noticed it before. In the four years that we've had her, I've never noticed that the hair falling out. Prior to mm-hmm. getting her, I did a lot of checking on Rottweilers. I've only had Huskies, and those, I'm I'm familiar with the hair, and that's not a problem. Oh, my gosh, most yeah. That, <laughs> that, you can just rake up. It's actually really fluffy, and it's easy to clean, but the Rottweiler has... Short black wiry hair, and it's very difficult to clean. And it's everywhere, I mean, just yeah, everywhere, yeah. totally different.
8: Yeah, yeah, it certainly so is. Nowhere you
21: online know, this... does it say that you know people have a problem with that particular breed shedding. So, any of the people that are out there that are thinking about getting a Rottweiler, be ready for hair because there's a
6: lot. <laughs>
8: yeah,
21: <laughs> there's a warning no. for you. So that's about it. Just a brush her daily.
8: Brush her daily, yeah. And I mean, you, there's a lot of supplements out there. I, I'm a fan of using things like fatty acids if the hair coat's in bad quality or worried about, um, you know, things like allergies. But the, the honest truth, and you know, people will sell you millions of products, uh, spending lots of money on this kind of products. But really, brushing is the number one thing to do, and uh, it's just we don't like to do it because it takes time. We want that easy fix, and we want something that's going to be, um, you know, the problem. So if she's in good health, her thyroid is good. We don't have allergies. We don't don't have fleas. We don't have internal parasites. Those are the things that I kind of check for in a physical exam if we're talking about excessive hair loss. So sorry to give you the bad news there. <laughs> well, that's all
1: right. Don't shoot yeah. the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. We appreciate <laughs> your you call. A great story just came out of uh, San Antonio, Texas, and the Northside Independent School District. If you look in their yearbook this year, on page 16, you'll see little Rachel Benke a little blonde-haired girl, and next to her, Taxi Benke, her dog. <laughs> the yearbook? In the yearbook. For the last four years, Taxi has been right by Rachel Benke's side, uh, paving the way, hopefully, for more future service dogs in the Northside Independent School District. Rachel, she has epileptic seizures. She has since birth. And she's had two brain surgeries, one when she was six years old. And she's shown improvement since then. They figured, why not get her a dog? that might help her kind of be by uh-huh. her side. So four years ago, they met Taxi, who's a half lab and a half golden retriever. And he was supposed to be the guide dog, but he became a guide dog dropout. He couldn't pass school because, because he has cat destruction problems,
11: <laughs> is
1: the oh, story. When they first met, actually, Rachel was afraid of dogs. But when they first met, uh, not 15 minutes later, they became friends for life, I guess it will be from here on out. The dog goes everywhere with her, accepting awards at school, celebrating birthdays, even on the school track, where one day he sprung into action just before she was about to have a grand mal seizure. So kind of interesting. He was not actually trained for that, but she he popped into action when she was about to have one of her seizures.
3: And they they let the dog have the picture in the yearbook. I think that is so awesome. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. Did they
8: style his hair or put a bow in? (laughs) Did he have to wear around
3: him yeah did he have to wear a gown or a cap or a suit or uh,
1: let's post this what picture off the, the
16: website yes
3: yeah. so awesome
16: what was that so what happens what, when women get involved you know they want to put a bow tie on the dog they want to they want to put well, ribbons in his no hair. i'm just talking about
3: you know there's certain things that you have to dress when you have your yearbook picture exactly. taken there's certain you dress
16: outfits for the event yes you, you do just, it has to be you uniform just brush him. you brush him and leave him be a dog let him alone <laughs> get away
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
14: Get something started. That's the sound of a Kubota Standard L compact tractor, now rolling off the line from Kubota's assembly line in Jefferson, Georgia. With a powerful Kubota diesel engine, standard power steering, ergonomic controls, and a deluxe suspension seat, it's more than ready to work. It's ready to help take your productivity to the next level. Kubota's Standard L is a property owner's dream. Powerful, versatile, and comfortable. Choose from two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive models with gear or HST transmission options to make sure you get the right combination of power and performance for your needs. Plus, there's a wide range of performance-matched Kubota implements to help you get even more done, including a quick-attach front-end loader and backhoe. Think of all you can get done and all you can save with low-rate, long-term financing available now. Kubota Standard L Compact Tractors, built for the best things in life.
15: Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer.
14: Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal.
0: So I'm hanging out with my Gold Bond buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the Gold Bond powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. Shaq strikes again.
13: Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body. And new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the odor-absorbing powders to do the same for your feet.
19: Stay cool with Gold Bond. So, what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit caninecaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life.
9: Hey, y'all, it's Lisa Matassa, and you're listening to Animal Radio.
1: DJs always love a smooth segue. And I just realized we were talking about this 7th grader and her dog Taxi and uh, how how Taxi got in the yearbook Mm -hmm. this year and uh, follows Rachel around to kind of give her a warning when she's going to have a grand mal seizure or an epileptic seizure. Uh, But uh, this kind of ties in nicely. Pets in the classroom again something we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. seems to be an amazing thing. It it allows kids to learn faster and be more compassionate to the animals at home. In fact, there's uh, research of studies that we just did a couple of weeks ago that they actually learn more. They're more relaxed. And comfortable environment anyway and
3: i think it's increasing actual pet ownership in the home
1: it is and i, I believe by one-third and wow. we have brett weinman on the on the phone with us he is with the uh, pet care trust he is actually the president top dog over at the pet care trust i don't know all about it i'm going to ask him what is the pet care trust welcome to the show
10: well thank you for having me yeah um pet care trust we're an organization that was started about 20 years ago through contributions from companies within the pet industry. Um, Basically, our our mission is, at the time we were founded, is to figure out how we can introduce more people to pets and the joys of pet ownership and make sure it's done in a responsible way.
1: Mm. And one of the programs is to bring these pets into the classroom or get the animals into the classroom, is that correct?
10: Exactly. In fact, that's really been our focus. As you can imagine, there's so many different opportunities for a a non-profit to fund, help fund, you know, initiatives that, uh, we worked at, throughout the course of the trust. We worked with nursing homes and we worked on, you know, studies of, for pet health, et cetera. And then finally we said we need to focus. And what a better thing to focus on than, than kids and pets in the classroom. Is
1: it easy to get the pets into the classroom, or, did, or was it like a lot of bureaucracy, or did the schools open their doors to you, or do they, were they cautious?
10: It's, it's all over the board. Um, really, it's responsibility of the teacher to uh, check things out with their, uh, the administration. Uh, and basically what we do is we make grants available either directly through the trust where we also cooperate with large uh, national retailers such as Petco, PetSmart, Pet Supplies Plus, etc., um, to help facilitate getting these pets uh, into the classroom.
1: What what costs are associated with it?
10: Um, for the teacher, we we try to minimize costs as much as possible because, uh, as you probably know, these types of uh, things usually come out of the teacher's pockets.
13: Mm-hmm.
10: Um, so what we do is. Um, we will fund the cost of the cage setup, the cost of, you know, initial food purchase, and, you know, decorations, toys, treats, et cetera, bedding materials. You know, it depends on the type of pet that's chosen. Um, but the teacher, and then then we will also fund part of the animal. So the teacher does have some skin in the game. In other words, putting some money out. Uh, they're not getting a free animal. We want them to have some commitment to the care and and. Uh, well-being of the animal, but we, we work with either the retailer or directly with the teacher to bring the cost of that pet down. Oh, where
3: well, do I mean? these animals come from, and who decides what animal they're going to have in the classroom?
10: Um, well, the different retailers that we work with, such as, once again, Petco or PetSmart, um, I'll use those two as an example since they're really the biggest companies that they get the most pets into the classroom. Um, they have a list of pets that, that their vets, along with the Pecker Trust, have, have deemed sort of appropriate for most classrooms. And from that list, the teacher can either pick which, whichever one he or she wants uh, to introduce to the classroom. Or well, We've had great stories of how um, they've done uh, little field trips to um, or online research the class has to figure out what type of pet would be best, and then they do a, a vote, and the kids really decide what they want in the classroom.
8: Cool. Now, when I was a kid, I was in grade school, one of my great joys was taking care of the classroom pets because I actually didn't have any pets as a kid until I was a little bit older. And so on the summer, I got to bring home the hamsters, and that was kind of the way it broke my parents in to getting pets. So, so is that what these kids are going to be doing come that's, summertime yeah, here?
10: That's exactly what happens. You know, it's... it's um, Sort of runs the gamut. Sometimes the teachers take them home. Maybe they have their own kids at home that want to take care of it, or maybe the teachers become attached to it and they want to take care of it. Uh, but more times than not, we find that they organize uh, something with with two or three kids uh, from the classroom that you know have expressed a strong interest in a strong shown a strong commitment to the care of the animal, and they'll, as you experience, let the kids take them home for the summer.
1: This is, uh, this is nothing new because I remember as a kid that was the same thing and we were just talking about this about 20 minutes ago how, uh, well, Joey said that he wouldn't take the animals home on the no, his weekends. his mother wouldn't let him. Mother, and my mom wouldn't let me either because she was afraid Monday morning she would have to replace an animal or something like that. So this has been something that's been going on for ages right now with hamsters and guinea pigs and fish and smaller animals. Are there any bigger animals like dogs going into the classroom?
10: Um, or, there are, but not through our program. You know, typically uh, those type programs would be sort not a full-time pet in the classroom, but someone, maybe a, a local animal shelter or a dog training organization, would bring the pet in kind of as a show and tell.
1: Brent, what are the hard numbers that are positive benefits to this program?
10: It's hard to quantify, you know, gee, what are the the real numbers and how have grades gone up because, you know, a teacher introduced a pet in the classroom, et cetera. And we're actually um, working with another organization called HABRI, which is a human animal research uh, institute, to try and put together some studies to just figure out exactly what are the, you know, what are the, the real benefits. Can we quantify, you know, the effect on grades or truancy or, you know, even... Uh, does it help reduce the amount of bullying that goes on in class? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just in the middle of... of um,
1: Learning all of the great things e- that it could exactly. do. Exactly.
10: We have people, teachers that give us great stories about how you know, a certain child maybe is uh, uncomfortable or, or is on the, the autism range uh, or spectrum. And when she starts having a rough time, the teacher recognizes that and she allows her to go over and just pet the guinea pig and it just sort of calms her down and and you know gets her back in a in a better place you know the 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 attendance appears to be better with uh, pets in the classroom because the kids are more engaged and they want to see what you know the little fuzzy creature did last night or will do throughout the day etc
1: the website www.petsintheclassroom.org if you want to learn more about the Pet Care Trust and Brent Wyman and what they're doing.
10: I appreciate the, the opportunity.
8: I actually trained my classroom pet <clears throat> hamster named Lady Luck. I trained her as just a little weed kid how to do somersaults. Really? From, That's cool. Yes, from her pencil. I would hold a pencil up and she would do a little somersault and then I'd give her a little treat. And, um, Dr. um I, really, I was a pathetic kid, okay?
16: <laughs> Are you sure the hamster didn't train you to hold a Pencil up?
8: No, I am positive. <laughs> and and I also taught my fish Murgatroyd how to follow my finger. Murgatroyd. F- yeah, that was his name. Like heavens to Murgatroyd. Oh,
16: okay. Fishes <laughs> just, just say hi. You know that if you just like wave your hand down side to side like a tail, like a fish tail that they, they they love that. They respond to that. They're very smart. I had a beta that was really
1: smart. You remember that beta? Oh that yeah. Was a whole, very smart little guy. Very. Intuitive. Taught him to cook and everything. Dude, we, we cook fish though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
18: Geico Motorcycle presents Reflections from the Road. You can't beat the open road, but saving money on motorcycle insurance is a close second. That's why I switched to Geico. Reminds me of the time I switched to a new helmet without a face mask and swallowed a bunch of gnats when I accidentally yawned. Those suckers tasted bad. Unlike Geico Motorcycle Savings, which always tastes real good. Geico Motorcycle Insurance. See how much you could save.
19: Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams. Here to get craft beer drinkers' reactions as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Sam Lager. Sam Adams! Like, that was <laughs> good, is. Sam Adams. That's easy to drink.
8: It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer.
14: Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this test did is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston It was Boston, Boston, Boston.
9: Here's a surprising summertime fact from Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. We all know that irritants like bug bites and poison ivy can make you itch. But what you might not know is how. Actually, it's the histamines your body creates in reaction to these irritants that make you miserable. But now that scratch has met its match. Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. Its maximum strength itch medicine blocks your itch-causing histamines fast for long-lasting relief. Allegra Anti-Itch Cream. The relief you've been itching for. Use as directed.
19: So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer canine caviar, visit caninecaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life.
15: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order.
2: Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Just in time for summertime, in flea and tick season, the FDA has now approved the first oral flea and tick medication for dogs. provecto Chewable Tablets controls and prevents fleas and three types of ticks for 12 weeks. Now, those ticks are the brown dog tick, the American dog tick, and the deer tick. The treatment controls the Lone Star tick for eight weeks. Provecto requires a prescription from your vet, but it is available now. Well, just a couple of weeks back, both Petco and PetSmart said they would stop selling pet treats made in China. For the past seven years, dogs and cats have been getting sick, and many have actually died after eating imported chicken and jerky treats. Well, now Purina Pet Care and Wagon Train have set up a $6.5 million fund to compensate pet guardians whose animals suffered or died. Now, the settlement doesn't admit fault, but it does open the door to damage claims for vet bills or for the loss of the pets. It also requires Nestle Purina to adopt what are being called Enhanced Quality Assurance Measures. Not exactly sure what those are, but also to change the wording on their packages. The deal still needs to be approved by the courts, but if it is, it would help settle claims related to wagon, train, and Canyon Creek Ranch dog treats. Well, to anybody with a puppy, the word parvo is horrifying. It's most often a death sentence. But now researchers may have literally stumbled onto a way to treat it. This happened when a company called Aniax in North Dakota was looking for a way to save flocks of geese that were mysteriously dying. They discovered there's an antibody that's harvested harvested rather from the yolks of geese eggs that can stop the parvo virus in as little as two days. Avanax is still running tests, hopes to start selling the parvo one antibody based treatment for seventy five dollars a dose by next spring. Might sound high, but it's a lot less than most people spend trying to deal with PARVO. And if you have a dog or a cat, chances are he or she sleeps with you in bed, of course, right? But new research says that sharing your bed with your pet can lead to very bad sleep quality. Recently, at the 28th Annual Meeting of the Associated Professional Sleep Societies, yeah, there is one, data was presented that showed at least 30% of pet owners say their pets wake them up at least once per night doctors who treat sleep problems are now being urged to ask patients right from the start if they have pets and if they sleep together and they are now calling animals a hidden factor behind insomnia. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio
15: News update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed.
3: about Stella and Chewy's family of freeze dried and frozen dinners for dogs now we're pleased to share two new exotic dinner additions Simply Venison and Absolutely Rabbit both are made with 90% single source protein and enhanced with organic fruits and vegetables each are fortified with vitamins, minerals and probiotics to be 100% complete and balanced Stella and Chewie's, the official food of Ladybug Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog only the good stuff for more information go to Chewie's com.
13: I'm in Yosemite National Park to talk Gold Bond Rapid Relief Cream with the Miller Family. So how many itchy bug bites and rashes do you have?
9: 33 bites. 34. And a case of poison ivy. It itches. Do not scratch.
13: Miller Family, relief starts now. Gold Bond has twice the itch-fighting medicine of hydrocortisone cream, Ooh. plus aloe and vitamin E. It's fast relief on contact.
9: Feels better already. Who's up for a hike? Look at the big kitty. I'm
13: out. Gold Bond Rapid Relief Cream. Relief starts now.
1: Here's the number. Write it down. It is toll free. 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that phone,
4: Judy. I thought you are giving me lottery numbers.
1: I understand your report oh. today has gone to the birds.
4: <laughs> yes, my report. Actually, we're going to talk about the proper way to clip your bird's wings um, to make it safe and uh, and make a happy bird. You have uh, Gurn. How old is Gurney, your bird? What kind of bird is he? He's a cockatoo. It's an umbrella cockatoo. I, I, it's um the same bird that, if you remember, Beretta that was on Beretta. Oh, um, really? Same, same species, teacher. yes. And oh,
2: I want one so bad. And
4: um yeah, great. You know, good bird. But um yeah, I have gurney about. I uh, you know what? I don't even know anymore. It's between thirty three and thirty five years. And will most likely wow.
1: outlive you. What what kind of plans have you made for that?
4: No, I've, after I die, I don't care. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not my problem anymore. <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, there you go. That's all of us here are pet lovers here at uh, Animal
4: Radio. Just some more than others. My I mean, come on! Like I, to, I, I, to how, I took care of the bird for this 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 long. I mean, can't the bird um, fend for itself a little bit? You know, it's very rare that a pet outlives the owner, so it's uh, very. Yeah,
2: just in case, just yeah. in Got case. it in your will and all.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah I will to you guys.
2: Oh, oh no! Well, Ta- I I I will take him.
4: Oh, well, There okay, you go. There pretend. you go. Yeah.
2: That is my dream bird. See, we're, 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 we're all
4: taken care of here now.
12: Okay. There
2: you go. <laughs> all done.
12: <laughs> Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. I love
1: this segment. i got to tell you, I get a lot of emails during the week. This is the one segment that people are talking about. And it's great because we are celebrating anybody that is doing something for the animals. It could be their own animal. For instance, we had the, the young lady who had created a bucket list for her dying dog. Mm-hmm. It could mm-hmm. be someone that uh, does things for lots of animals, like mm-hmm. the guy who transports yeah. those animals from Atlanta to, Rescue road to New York. Whoever they are. And if you know somebody like this, nominate them send us an email your voice at animal com. your voice at animal today's hero kitty martin joins us hi kitty how are you doing i'm great how are you folks good where are we calling you today
11: i'm in cameron texas
1: and you have a calf which is a cow right just a young cow and that
11: uh, he's a steer
1: that means male right male cow is that correct
11: male neutered male neutered
1: male neutered cow okay yes what's his name
11: his name is hero
1: Hero apparently lost portions of his back legs. Is that correct? Tell us what happened. Give us the story.
11: Um, actually, I had a small animal rescue. I was private at that point, and somebody called me about a calf that had froze to the ground and lost two back hooves and part of his tail to frostbite, and could I possibly help? And I had never seen anything as horrible as I had seen in this case. And we picked him up, didn't know what we were going to do, and wound up doing some research and found out that this had been done before for another cow named Meadow.
1: So when you said this has been done before, I don't know what this is.
11: Um, surgery was done for Hero. They went in and took two inches of bone up and brought the tendons around and made a like a pad stump for him. And he's been fitted with prosthetics. He's actually on his third set.
1: Prosthetics. So he has fake back legs. Yes. A cow. A cow. Wow. Normally, I would imagine a cow in this particular situation would be euthanized?
11: Absolutely. And um, actually, this has been a very controversial um, pursuit we've done. It has attracted some of the world's worst and some of the world's best towards us.
1: Oh, really? Like, what, what is some of the worst?
11: Oh, we've been tormented from a group that targets people on H- uh, Facebook. Uh, I call them haters. Um, They've contacted everybody in my life, anything to do with us. They've stalked us. They've cyber-stalked us. What are
1: they saying? Why? Why? Uh
11: I don't know. I really don't. If I could answer that, it's been a year of that. I have no idea what fuels people like that. But... Like I said, on the other hand, I've had the pleasure of dealing with some of the most amazing people, too, that
1: overrides them. Well, you know what? I don't know if you've been told this. You're our hero this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh,
2: so, absolutely. And,
1: and we think what you did was amazing, and it cost you a, a pretty penny, too. It looks like about $40,000 to do this. Is
11: here- Oh, I'm in debt more than that. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, some donations were raised uh, that have gone towards some of the bills, unfortunately. With the haters, that dried up. Um, My husband and I are probably in debt all the way to our grandchildren over this. But I'm so far into this and attached to this calf, I couldn't let him go now if I tried.
1: Well, he was a pet before this, or no, no.
11: Like he was a his mama. From what I understand, rejected him at birth. The farmer sold him to somebody that thought they could raise a baby calf on a bottle, and it's more entailed, obviously, than what he did. The calf got weak. He couldn't get up off the ground, and we had four days of bad weather in April of last year, and he froze to the ground. So it, he kind of had it wow. rough from the get go, and that's why I've been swinging for him.
1: Well, you so you were the one that neutered him.
11: No, he actually came from the farmer that way.
1: That's uh, interesting. Why? Why is that? What aren't cows generally? Was this a milk cow, like a whole state? Um, no, this is a no
11: he's a beef cow. Generally, they have one bull, farmers do, and they castrate the rest. They're raised for beef.
1: Oh, I, I did not know that there. Okay, so where is he now?
11: He is in on my farm, which we are uh, just purchased a new place in Cameron. Um, he has his little area. He can do everything that they said he could not do, which is awesome, and I knew that. They said he had never run. He runs. Never could kick out. He kicks out. He plays games. He's 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 amazing. I can't explain everything he can do, but it's all the things they said he'd never do.
3: Now, I like the cow-spotted back legs. I think they're so cute. Yeah,
1: the prosthetics are, yes. are Holstein legs, aren't yes. they? they, they have
3: a... Yeah,
11: the um, Hanger Clinic that did these are amazing. They're I don't know if you've researched them. You might no. want to.
15: Tell, uh, tell us about them. The him.
11: Very, very first prosthetic maker ever, From, clear back in the Civil War, the man, Mr. Hanger, uh, lost his leg, first one, in that war. And he created the Hanger Corporation back then, and they're still going strong. They're the ones who did the ones for Dolphin Tail. I don't know if you knew oh, that. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah,
3: I remember and, that. Um,
11: they're just amazing people, and this particular clinic in Houston caters towards uh, customizing them, you know, making it less uh, obvious, personalizing them and stuff. And they came up with the idea of the cow spots. I thought it was incredible. <laughs> I, I loved it.
3: Now, will he need a new set as he grows?
11: Um, These are actually pretty high-tech, and the answer is yes, but not for a while. They're adjustable in width and in height. He will probably need three to four more sets in his entirety.
1: And I understand you're you're thinking about making him a therapy animal for wounded veterans and uh, special needs children.
11: I would love to. Um, We've been trying to open doors for that. I don't know how to get him into that. His nature is so sweet. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. I've had him since he was 50 pounds. A um, couple months old, and he's very socialized. And I'm thinking that if he could help our uh, servicemen, I'm a big military family. My father was in the service, my husband, and children. And I want to give back. And I think Hero would be a great force in that because he is so calm. And if an animal can go through his story, he's almost died a million times over and he bounces back. So to be able to fight like that, I think it would be an inspiration. And then, of course, our children that lose limbs, you know, there's not a whole lot there for these guys.
1: It is amazing what you all are doing. And, of course, yeah, you're up to your gazumbas in debt, probably. But uh, I salute you for what you've done. I don't know a lot of people that would have done that, and you're my hero for the week. Thank you so much for joining us.
11: Well, thank you so much. Take
1: care. Let's head on back to the phones. Remember, if you know somebody that you'd like to nominate for the hero of the week, here's the uh, the email address. Your voice at animalradio.com. Your voice at animalradio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405.
12: Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com.
1: This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks at Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. They have the brand new intro pack, a new size so you can check out all the different flavors, the Chewy's Chicken Dinner, the Simply Venison, the Stella Super Beef, the Duck Duck Goose, and the Phenomenal Pheasant, all where Stella and Chewy's is sold. And
4: Joey Vellani. But we're going to talk about birds today. I'm not going to be the dog father this afternoon. I'm going to talk about birds. Well, you, I had a, you
1: have, uh, what? One or two? You have Gurney?
4: One. No, I have, I have Gurney. I have one. Okay. I have one. Um, but, um, that, but birds need, um, grooming too. And, um, what I want to particularly talk about is, um, clipping the, your bird's wings. Um, I was in the um, parrot store the other day, and um, there was um, somebody that was in there that tried to do it at home and um, had a little bit of a dilemma, so I figured, you know what, let me um, talk to the listeners about it a little bit. The first thing is is, um, if your bird um, takes flight in your house, um, you really should clip the wings before it goes out the door or out the window or eventually hits something and gets hurt. Now, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. It's it's a two-person job, um, definitely, um, unless you have a really tame bird. Like, my bird will actually hold her wings out and let me do it with nobody else, oh, really? um, you know. No you interaction mean Elaine doesn't have to else. hold the bird down? No, no. Uh-huh. Gurney will sit there, and, I, and I'll grab a wing, and she'll hold it out, and, and, uh-huh. and, and I'll and I'll trim it. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of lucky because most birds won't let you. Normally, you have to wrap them in the towel, and the person holding, you just make sure you got a good hold of that head and that neck, but you want to... You want to do it in a manner where you're not choking the bird, just that you're just restraining, because if the beak gets you, you're going to be in mighty, um, depending on the big, how big your bird is, you could, you know, lose a digit or two. <laughs> so the first thing is trust your wingman, okay? What you're going to do is hold the wing out, and the first thing you want to do is identify what, what are called blood feathers. Now, blood feathers are feathers that aren't fully developed yet, and there's blood in the shaft of the feathers, and it's real easy to tell. The shaft of the feather, will be like a whitish clear blood feathers will be pink that means that um... you know that's gonna bleed on you now if you cut them, i mean it's not going to be anything more than a pinch and and make a mess but the birds not gonna like it and it's it it doesn't feel all that good But if you do, you're just going to hold a little pressure on it and it'll stop bleeding. But let's avoid that. You are going to take off the first 10 primary feathers. Now, how you identify what's a primary, they are the longer of the two. You have the covered feathers, which will be at the top of the wing. And the primary feathers, which go from about the um, a little bit more than the middle of the wing on out, they're they're the longer of the two feathers. And I'm going to start at the tip of the wing, the furthest part away from the bird, and I'm going to cut the first ten on each side. Now, the important thing is it has to be equal, because what you don't want to happen is it's longer on one side and shorter on the other. When the bird does try to, to move around and fly, they're going to spin in a circle, and they're not going to come down gradually. They're going to hit the floor, and it could you know break a leg, could break a breastbone, a beak, anything. The other thing is is don't cut more than 10, because the birds need to be able to get around. They need to have some sort of flight, because as they, if, if they do fall from something, um, they can glide down and... And um, they won't get injured. If you take off too many, you're not going to have any protection at all. And birds do take a little time to get used to it, especially if it's the first couple of times this is being done. Okay? It's, it's rather easy after you do it, um, you know, a couple of times. Um, you become a pro at it. And, um, you know, you'll have a happier bird. And also, you know what? It, it builds a bond. Like I always say this with any type of grooming. It builds a bond with you and, and your bird as well. They, they learn to trust you. This great
1: programming comes to you with the help of Litter Robot, which automatically cleans the cat litter for you. You don't need any special supplies or plumbing, just your favorite clumping litter. Never scoop dirty litter again. Visit them at litter-robot.com. Jim, hey Jim, how you doing?
6: Oh, very good, thank you.
1: What's going on in your world?
6: Well, two things I wanted to say that you have never mentioned before, but I'm sure you'll agree with. When I was younger, actually about late 20s, I had this spot in my living room that was a little bare, and I got the idea, you know what would be good there? A parrot. (laughs) So I went out and bought a cockatoo, thinking I'd get a nice cage, put a pretty parrot in it, and it'd be a good decoration. Boy, did I learn a lesson. I bet. Man, the attention those things need that I learned over the years. And I bet there's still a lot of people who don't realize, especially a cockatoo.
1: Yeah, and they'll outlive you too, won't they?
6: Yeah, yeah, and, and it's like having a kid.
1: Yeah, except they, they don't wanna, go to college. They want
6: to be with you all the time.
1: <laughs> at least with the kid, they have a chance of going off and becoming like a football player or a rock star and supporting right. you in your.
6: Yeah, very true. Yeah, but but my question was, and I'm sure you get this sometimes. Um, I know it's difficult, but. Have you ever heard of any suggestions to help with a cockatoo as far as the screaming goes?
8: Oh. oh yeah, oh definitely and jim i'm gonna i'm gonna chide you on this because a new lamp fills the space in your house, but the <laughs> pet does not <laughs> oh, and, it, it, and exactly as far as um birds, um you know birds are some of the most needy pets out there, you know they're flock animals, they're social creatures, and if you were to come into my office and say, "Hey, doc, I want to get a first bird for me." What species would you pick? Um, I would certainly not say a cockatoo, unless you had a lot of time to spend. Because these guys, they do. They are like, we call them toddlers, because they do yeah. require constant attention, and they really need a lot of social stimulation, or they'll turn into little demons screaming, picking their feathers out till so they look like a book pluck chicken, and um, so they really are not good starter birds. To start with a little bird, a little parakeet, or a cockatiel might be the better beginner bird for someone.
1: Yeah, so, I learned that lesson. <laughs> he's learned his lesson, Dr. Dibby, yeah, lay off of him.
6: Just like you said, he started picking his feathers and everything.
8: Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to, you know, make him feel bad, but for other people that may be considering birds, we want to learn from, you know, other folks' mistakes. So, you know, definitely. Um, now screaming is, it's a hard thing as far as in a parrot to correct. The better way we can deal with this is to prevent it. Um, so that's going to be a lot of making sure we've picked the right bird for our household and that we're providing the right stimulation. But to correct this, you know, we have to look at what is triggering the bird to uh, vocalize. And when they're screaming, you know, some birds are going to scream no matter what a couple times a day. That's kind of a natural bird behavior. We're not sure. going to stop this completely. Um, the thing is to find out what the bird is motivated. What is causing them to scream? And this can be when a trigger, we leave it's, the
6: room. As long as we're in the room and the bird, but the uh-huh. minute we walk out of the room. He thinks, hey, you, know, you get back in here. So, you know, he's
8: just, in, in bird language, what he's doing is he's saying, hey, where you going? A lot of times when birds scream and vocalize excessively, the human instinct is, Shut
7: up! Quiet! Uh-huh.
8: don't know that. And and you are actually responding in a way that actually rewards that behavior if you do that. Because um, right. any attention that you give a bird that screams in the situation, you're actually just feeding that behavior. They're happy, you're just acknowledging them. They don't really care what you're saying or your tone, where it's loud or quiet. So th- the real big thing there is we need to work on a lot of things environmentally. So a lot of times, birds will do this kind of thing also because they're bored and they don't have a lot other stimulation so sure. there may be some changes we do in the cage um there's a, a wonderful feeding method called forage feeding where we take away the food bowls and we teach the bird how to forage again like they do in the wild where they pick up the food from the floor and it actually gives them something to do so they don't just sit in a cage and wait for us to entertain them um, right. so that's a, one incorporation i'd like to do for a lot of different behavior problems for birds but um, we, we need to do just like with dogs that excessively bark is we have to find those opportunities when when the bird is quiet to reward her and we reward with attention we speak to her maybe give a food treat and the trick is when we are vocalizing and screaming inappropriately when we we don't want that behavior you don't pay any attention you don't make eye contact you don't roll your eyes you don't sigh you don't yell at the bird you can't even acknowledge it because any of that is actually feeding feeding that um, gotcha. And it actually can be very helpful for birds that, that scream if we teach them something else to do besides screaming. So um, I have some clients that don't like their birds whistling, but it is something that can take the place of that screaming behavior. So you have to start whistling and teaching them a ditty. Um, if they talk, that's an alternate behavior they can't do while they're screaming. So we really work on that and try to get that together. And, uh, you know, this is something that c- it can be daunting. <laughs> it can be yeah. more daunting to deal with a bird screaming, I think, than a barking dog. Um, because, right. you know, some species, they're, you know, Conyers and Paris. It hurts. It literally hurts the ears at times. I bet. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so yeah. the lesson here is is—is if there's a bare spot in your living room. <laughs> Right. Perhaps not a cockatoo is uh, is the <laughs> no, answer. No,
6: no, don't don't think you're just getting something that's going to be simple at all. It, it doesn't work like that.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. Jim, thank you so much. Okay, thank good luck you very with that.
16: Much. It's amazing how similar the bird is to you know, to dogs. It's pretty. It's a lot of a lot it of similarities there.
8: It is. It's all about attention. You know, our pets just want to be with us, and, you know...
16: You're smart, Dr. Debbie. You're so smart.
8: Oh, you always... Is this Dr. Debbie time? Can I hear (laughs) it? No, it is. I'm I'm serious, man. You're really
16: smart. (laughs) You know, I want to
1: mention, while it is Dr. Debbie time, that... Oh, okay. (laughs) Your books... Your books are really good i you know i you know I figured oh she 's writing some books you know everybody does everybody tries it you know to to write a book but your uh your books I actually got them from Kindle, and I have an ipad i don 't have a kindle, mm-hmm. and there 's a brand new application for you folks that have iPads that want to read a Kindle book. But Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terrier, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, very educational, very fun, a lot of fun facts, and I encourage everybody listening to check them out.
3: You were riveted to them. I was.
8: I, know. I I was like, our Dr. Debbie wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> so smart. You know, a colleague of mine had said that, you know, yeah, I'm reading this book and I feel like you're just talking to me. And um, it, it, that is truly kind of how I approached it, is, is really, you know, what am I going to tell my friends? You know, how would I tell my friend who's thinking of getting? A pug. What are the good and the bad things you got to know? So that's how
1: it is. Well, there you go. Flew by again. I want to thank our hero of the week, Kitty Martin, as well as Adi Pinhas, as well as Brent Weinman. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Don't forget, you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry and listen to the show anytime you want, as well as ask your questions right from the Animal Radio app. It's a free download, so go Bye bye bye.
16: It's over
5: already.